0: Hey, everyone, it's Rodrigo here. As you guys are aware, if you've listened all the way to the end of the episode, or if you've looked at our show notes, the Irrelevant Information Podcast is a part of the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Um, There's four shows in total in the network. And in these times that we've been, you know, social distancing and locked up, not able to go to work. I've actually been putting a lot of work into the entire network, especially one of the shows on the network called The Last Best Thing, which is an interview show where I ask people, what is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? And then we have a conversation based around that. It's a show that is all about whatever people are enthusiastic about. I love talking about whatever people are into. As long as you have enthusiasm, I think that is grounds for a great conversation. So today's episode of the Irrelevant Information Podcast is a little bit different in that I am just going to feature the latest episode of The Last Best Thing. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Just search for The Last Best Thing and you will find it there. This is a conversation that I had with a friend that I've had since middle school. His name is David. I hope you guys enjoy and if you're interested in learning more about the podcast network or seeing, you know, the other shows that are on it, take a look at the link in the show notes or visit the irrelevant.org slash podcasts. Thanks. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. Hope you enjoy. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and this is The Last Best Thing. It's an interview show centered around one question. What is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? I ask this question because people love sharing whatever they're enthusiastic about, and I love hearing about it. On today's episode, we talk with one of my oldest friends, David.
1: Hi, my name is David Estrada.
0: Who answers a question by talking about the last best book he's read.
1: Last best thing I read was The Girl Who Takes an Eye for a Night.
0: From there, we talk about things like what makes a compelling hero, the characteristics they have. We talk about nonfiction versus fiction. And then the conversation devolves where we even talk about our Hollywood man crushes. This is a good conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it makes you want to read a book. Um, and above all, yeah, just sit back and enjoy us talking about the last best thing that David has read.
1: characters the the plot i mean even though some plots can be pretty ridiculous um i I like in general when several storylines come together i i'm not sure if there's a name to that type of technique but uh you see it in movies and and definitely throughout this novel you know the the lead character lisbeth Salander. yeah she jack of all trades she's like uh this new trend of, of heroes, right. She's, she's highly introverted. She's, I guess a, a world-class computer hacker. Um, she had like the traumatic childhood, but she's the Lolita that fought back, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, these type of heroes are kind of popping up, even though like the dark and tortured hero thing has been overdone,
0: yeah.
1: uh, recently, but you know, the, the novel's about solving mysteries of her early life. And she's also a seeker of justice for herself and others. And Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned, there's, there's a lot of storylines. So there's like Islamist radicals in there. There's prison gangs. There's even this, this pretty cool part about, um, I guess, uh, the Swedish government Mm -hmm. testing with testing with separating twins at birth, putting one, like in a low income or, or poor family, and then putting another one like in a established rich family and just see how they develop, but, wow. <laughs> but they, they, they tie that all in together. Somehow it, it, last, the last couple chapters, they, they kind of bring all that together. Um, but it's, it's like an attractive genre to yeah. the, yeah. the thrillers, the, the, the mystery novels, the, the crime. Um, and, and again, the, these type of character profiles, uh, they're cool, man. It's, it's kind of unrealistic for somebody to have so many cool qualities. She's mm-hmm. a computer hacker. There, there's like a scene in, in, in the book where she knocks out like a prison gang leader with like one leveraged punch and just knocks her out like unconscious. Um, but, uh, you know, she has photographic memory
0: uh it's just yeah they're, they're pretty lavish character profiles so i guess what i wonder is did you like the book more because of the plot or is it more character driven you get what i'm asking like was it more compelling because of the character or you could put any other character there and the story would be just as good
1: no it, it has to be character um it, this is the fifth installment in the series and i didn't read the the first four (laughs) uh i i had to look it up and and i realized that the the creator of this series passed away after the third so it's a it's even a a different author Hmm. for the last two and who's going to carry it through the 10 millennium series right yeah so it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely character driven it's it's the profile the way that they um dive into the thoughts and actions of of the characters and definitely a a different character in the same plot just doesn't work out
0: yeah and you know it's kind of weird because like you mentioned she is the main character is this almost impossible figure like a computer hacker and a super talented martial artist and photographic memory and all that stuff and so many of the books that we read or so many of the heroes that we like have those characteristics where I think of, for example, my favorite literary hero is Aragorn, right? From the Lord of the Rings. And there is no way I could be Aragorn. Like I don't have the leadership qualities. I don't, I'm not fearless. You get what I mean? I'm not going (laughs)
1: to- The military military strategy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm nowhere near that smart. I can't inspire anyone to do anything. But like reading about that, I don't know if it's aspirational or if it's something that um, I feel like I have some of those characteristics where if I only did a little bit more, or what do you think, or why do you think you resonate so much with with her? What's her name again? I'm sorry,
1: it's Elizabeth Sounder. So it, it's a Swedish. It, it comes from Sweden. So every name sounds cool. There's like another <laughs> ma- ma- main character whose name's Mikael Blomkvist. <laughs> it's just, it's like I got to figure out how to pronounce my name in Swedish.
0: What do you think is so compelling about Elizabeth? Is it something aspirational, or is it just like you like to be surrounded by greatness like no, it's just it's just
1: being it's just being surrounded by greatness um it's they they're very in, in most instances they they're very tortured people even aragorn is yeah you know he has this relationship that's very complicated you know he has this yeah. calling to be a, a king and he's not taking it and i uh, i don't know man it's it, it's people put in situations that most likely, an average or even above-average human being it could it couldn't handle. Right. And um, you know, there's there's trauma, there's uh, high levels of intelligence, and it, it's it's more of an aspiration. It, the, these characters
0: aren't. Um, I, I don't think they're realistic. Yeah, they're definitely. I, I don't they're, think they're realistic. And I think there's very little of them that's actually relatable, but it's just enough. So that it's not unbelievable, right?
1: Right. So it—that's a great point. I think all these characters all have, you know, something that brings them down to our level. Mm. Um, you know, the traumatic childhood, um, yeah. something, something very awful happening into the past, a complicated relationship, uh, yeah. calling in the family. Um, so that's how we all relate to them. Yeah. But then. The, the way they respond to all of that that that's that's the part that maybe draws us in,
0: yeah. this this story, I, I assume it's like the rest of the girl with the dragon tattoo type of stories. They're kind of dark. They're kind of thrillerish. They're kind of even if you just look at them, to me at least they seem a little bit on the scarier spectrum of things. So what draws you to that genre? Is it first of all, is it scary or not really? no, it's not it's not really scary. It's more more mystery,
1: more like a crime solving problem solving which, which is interesting because i've never been into like uh you know ncis or, or tv shows that <laughs> kind of <laughs> but but when they're laid out in puzzle, puzzle pieces uh it's fantastic and that, that's a genre that that i really enjoy
0: yeah what about the thriller or the mystery genre is is exciting for you uh, it's you, you don't have to break it down
1: um you know, Lord of the Rings. My goodness, I read that. I think I read. Yeah, I I read The Hobbit in sixth grade. Yeah. And forget it. Every chapter, you had to break down the symbolism. <laughs> you had to break down the symbolism of the ring, yeah. of of you know of uh, the characters of, of their decisions. You could break down everything, and and it just feels like thrillers and mysteries. Uh, they're they're not designed that way. They're mm. they're kind of designed just to capture your interest and your emotions and really just lay out a plot that has a climax. And it's not, it's not literary art. It's, it's just, it's for entertainment. I think, I think that's, what's attractive about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see that though. I definitely think that a lot of those connections that are made with literary works are really just people that are really into them trying to find a deeper meaning. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, if I'm really into a video game and I want people to like it, I'm going to say like, well, it's an illustration of capitalistic societies and they <laughs> destroyed us <laughs> since the fifties. Right. And I, right. and I think, I think that's the case with Lord of the Rings or any other book. Like I used Lord of the Rings for every essay in high school and college that I could, <laughs> I would just shoehorn it in. Right. And I, right. Th- I think that can be done with these thriller novels, but for some reason people don't. And I think. And I guess it goes back to kind of what you're saying. They're seen more as entertainment than literary works of art. But I, I, I really think you could do the same with both, especially with something as complicated as, as this book where it has all of these plot lines and, you know, they're even talking about government theories and all those types of things. right.
1: It's, it's, you know, there's definitely justice seeking and, and rights and, um, religious, um, you know, religious themes throughout throughout the book. But I think I I don't know if in other words, like I I don't see any literature class at any university breaking down this book. You know (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah. Well maybe there will be in the in the future. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And do you find yourself reading more nonfiction or fiction books? Uh you know nonfiction is
1: Something I, I usually read, mm. um, f- fiction is is kind of my my moments to come up for air. Right. I think um, right. I I definitely picked up a, a taste for biographies mm. or, um, but but mostly developmental books. Yeah, is is what I read, um, but fiction is is just a. it's really for entertainment it's it's my way of decompressing right
0: yeah i think that's a really valid point because i'm kind of in the same boat i find myself reading more nonfiction. i find myself reading more um, applicable things or things that i can learn to a certain extent and it comes to a point which i don't know if it happens to you where it feels like a certain part of my brain is overfed you know what i'm saying
1: no i i agree no, I agree. It's it, you know, w- with work, I, I've tried to to develop um, great qualities and techniques or, or strategies for management. So I, i've read I've read self help books. I've read um, books on organization. I've read uh, emotional intelligence books and, and techniques on on how to to lead or to reduce stress or to feel, or you know, just yeah. just a lot of of developmental books, and and after a while, you just saturate yourself so much with this that uh, it's it's not effective. Yeah. you know, it's 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 uh, you just burn yourself out, and so I I, I turn to fiction as a way to um, decompress, as a way to uh, just stop the minutia of of development.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think there's this concept of this is like the stuff that is useful for me but fiction is useless for me you know what i mean which i right it's just as important to have those moments where you take a breath where you decompress where you just stop thinking for a little bit and more so feel i think that's the big difference for me between non-fiction and fiction non-fiction is for thinking primarily and fiction is for feeling
1: i i've been into to fiction recently and, and I know we're talking about the last best thing I read, but man, all those genres are they're pretty solid, man. I yeah. I like dystopian genres. Yeah. Um historical fiction, I haven't gotten huge into it. I know there's like a a genre for it. I just I haven't gotten a, a good recommendation of, of where to start on historical fiction. Yeah. But uh humor, humor is a hard one to come by. Yeah. But there's some books, man, that have made me laugh out loud the same way as as a movie might, like the Confederacy of Dunces is quite possibly the funniest book I've ever okay. read in my life. Yeah. Um, they're they're just great ways to 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 break away and and I know that they're not helping our development per se um, in in certain areas of our career, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that a well read person you you could you could spot a well read person in a crowd. I feel like whether it's just fiction or just general. You know, it increases your your vocabulary, how you communicate, how you interact. I, I just think that there's a lot of things you can still draw from fiction.
0: I can see that. And, you know, in these times, I've actually found comfort in fiction. I'm going to go back to Lord of the Rings, which I know is nerdy. But like all these right now with this whole COVID thing being locked up, I've found comfort in Gandalf, what he told Mary When they were like in the, what he told Frodo actually, and Mary, but what he told Frodo when Frodo tells him, I wish this had never happened to me. And Gandalf says, So do all who live through such things, but that's not (laughs) for them to decide. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like, even, even like the fictional books, there is something, there is comfort to be found there. You can merit something out of it beyond entertainment, which I think is kind of looked down upon in this. Productivity obsessed culture that we live in currently.
1: No, I I think it's a great point. You know, they're 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 definitely um, especially right now with quarantine. You know, what 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 a what a time for like reading Rainbow. You know, to just talk <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. just to talk about just uh, exploring your imagination and yeah. and I think that's that's what's so that's what's so awesome about very well written fiction is yeah. that you you could you could expand your imagination. You could really visualize scenes and, you know, how easy is it right now during this time to just Netflix yep. over and over, you know? Yep. And, and I think breaking away, closing out your day with, with reading is a great way to, um, you know, keep your mind from becoming mush yeah. <laughs> and, and, and sure, man, there, you know, some of these books, like Lord of the Rings, I know you've talked about it, but, but books like that, uh, you know, created by you know like c.s lewis or um these kind of authors they didn't just touch on on fantasy they they definitely spoke some
0: some some things that could be a banner in your life you know definitely yeah and so how did you this how did you find this book uh nowadays everyone just either goes to amazon or did you get it discovered? Like, did you get it recommended by a friend or how did you stumble upon this book? I have never been able to get into, you know, like, uh, digital reading.
1: Yeah. I, I can't, I can't get into the Kindle. I, I tried it, It's so easy, right? So so accessible to just download a, a book, but I, I still can't get into it. it it's, you, you kind of lose some of the taste. Like the whole reason for reading is to unplug and, and that's really where I found this book. Um, yeah work, work was heavy. I, I, I wanted to, I I got some advice to, Hey, you need to find a way to decompress before you go home. And it's not like there was, you know, I was taking a bad attitude home, but you definitely want to um, take good advice. And and I didn't want to go home tired uh, without energy, without um, patience. And so I started going to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And, and just decompress for a solid hour before going home. And I just walk around, you know, it's Barnes and Noble doesn't, isn't a library, but it <laughs> there, there's couches there for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't want people just to read and not buy books, you shouldn't have couches, <laughs> but um, I, I would just browse. And it just caught my attention. The, the, the novel was, a featured book it was a featured author mm. and um, I, I just picked it up it had I was definitely judging the book by its cover it had a pretty cool cover
0: yeah
1: uh, but I, I started reading it and you know like in page one she's in jail and I'm already trying to figure out how did she get into jail
0: <laughs> right
1: and uh, I, I just got into it and so I I would read it for an hour uh, make a note on my phone of, of how far along I was in the book and and I just kept doing that till I was about three quarters of the way into the book. That that took several months to do because I wasn't reading every day. It was, yeah. it was every other day or, or once a week sometimes for a solid hour. And so I got about three quarters way of the book in, and and I just just bought it. I just had to finish it right away.
0: Wow. No that that's that's cool. And I definitely feel that whole decompression need. Um, I wish there was like a bookstore on my way home because I. Genuinely, I could spend hours just walking around bookstores, and my favorite one to go to is this one called Half Price Books, which um, exists in a lot of the Midwest, and I'm not even sure, but the flagship store is here in Dallas, and it's just used books for the most part, and they're 50% off whatever the cover price is. So it's really cool, and it's a huge place, and I could just literally spend forever just walking up and down, kind of like thumbing through books or whatever. But I think you touched on something that's really cool and a lot of bookstores do that I really jo- enjoy is those featured sections, right? especially the ones where it's like from the staff themselves. I always think that's really cool where you go and like there's like a section that says this person recommends this book and they have like a little write-up on why. I don't yeah. know if they, if they do that there, but they do it in a, in a couple of bookstores around here. And that's my favorite part because it feels like like you said, like you can tell a well-read person from another one. So I really judge those little paragraphs a lot, and just based on how they spoke about the book, I'm like, okay, they really enjoyed this one; it's got to be really good. Or if it's someone just like book makes you think, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> you know, it, it's
1: you're touching on something that's that's pretty funny. Is I I definitely enjoy reading books, but I am not great at promoting even my own interests. Like I. Mm. I mean, if I can't even get you or, or my friends to to read an Anne Ryan book, <laughs> The Fountainhead.
0: And that's not just you. And I, no one could get me to read it.
1: <laughs> I, I had to have only gotten into those books because I was into architecture for, for a window <laughs> because because nobody likes likes her books. But um, it's like Sylvia Plath. <laughs> you, know, you can't get anybody just into her poetry. Um, but I, I've tried. I, I can't get them...
0: I think it's generally hard to share, to get anyone to be into what you're into overall. Like I have this weird thing that always happens, especially with my wife, where I find some funny video online and I start showing it to her and it just doesn't make her laugh. <laughs> and then it makes me angry, right? So right. I kind of take that out on the people at the bookstore doing their recommendations. And then I always think to myself too, well, how would I recommend a book? and it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to, to really be vulnerable, to be like, Hey, I like this and you should be into it too, because you're kind of telling them, if you don't like this, then you don't like a certain part of me. I don't know if that's how it feels with you when you talk about these types of
1: things. I I think there was a period where, where I would get offended if, (laughs) you know, you, Rod, or any of my friends or, or my kids, uh, didn't agree with with my interest. It felt like it was a rejection of of my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Um, after a while, it, it's it's more of just a, it's a very personal interest. It, yeah. It's very personal interest. I I could enjoy a movie purely for its entertainment value, but you'll come <laughs> out of it, you know, slamming the director, <laughs> or yeah, slamming yeah, yeah. the slamming how a character changed from one installment to the other. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know. Like, like this book, um, the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, I think it's called the millennium series throughout. Um, and you had one author through three, three books, and then now you have oh, yeah. a different author to carry it through 10 and, yeah. and people are very critical of how he carries, um, he carries the storyline mm-hmm. or how he's changed characters. And you see it the same in movies, yeah. uh, you know, it's a Swedish book and so it has, um, uh, it has movies in from Sweden. And then (laughs) the U S had it's uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo with Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig. Yeah. And they, they even made another one. I think the, the girl in the spider's web, something like that. Yeah. Uh, And it's different. It's a different, uh, Elizabeth and Mikal. So it's, I, in some instances, I just made the decision that, Hey, I'm just going to enjoy this for the entertainment and I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to be critical of of you know because I'll, I'll lose the entertainment value i'll lose yeah. the 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 reason i'm doing it which for me uh entertainment is is decompressing it's right it's, it's a way to, to to break away from the busyness or, or or even what what life looks like right now under quarantine you know
0: yeah definitely but i do think that it can be unsettling for movies to go from like one to the next with continuity errors for to to put it like in that way like if Lisbeth is rooney mara and then in another movie she's this other lady who sounds different who looks different i don't know the big the big one for me is uh remember aunt vivian in the fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> she was right she switched from one season to the other and it just really threw me off i and then will made a comment about it on the tv show or even the spider-mans right there's been three different spider-man series movies with a different Spider-Man each time. Um, and I just, I, I don't like that even though I know that the new Spider-Man is the best one. I kind of still wish there was a Tobey Maguire (laughs) Spider-Man,
1: a a 30 year old teenager. (laughs) I completely agree. Uh, no, no, that's a, that's a great point. I, I guess, I guess it takes effort also to, um, not zoom in on continuity errors or, um, gaps that yeah. are created between novel and the movie i just um
0: yeah as you know, and I, I, as I,
1: you know I'm, a, I'm a huge harry potter fan and it's <laughs> like <laughs> dumbledore was a different character
0: yeah that's true the first that, movie. but that's because he uh, died right
1: the actor <laughs> like, died i think we, so so, <laughs> so you're saying that you're you're okay if if the, the character dies but other than that <laughs> huge issues with continuity.
0: Yeah. And you know what would have happened if they would have made Harry Potter right now is that they would have made Dumbledore CGI, just like they did with the Star Wars people. Right. Which would have been really weird because I don't like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Something about the uncanny valley. But it also goes into understanding that no matter what, no image of a character is going to match, like in a movie, is going to match your image of them in your mind. Right. Right. unless you watch the movie first then you have that image in you but it's my harry potter didn't look like um what's his name radcliffe is that his name daniel Radcliffe? yeah daniel radcliffe yeah my hermione did not look like emma watson at all like emma watson is way too pretty for the hermione that i imagined in my (laughs) book uh
1: no that's a great point um but i I guess when it came to the girl who takes an eye for an eye Mm -hmm. um I, I had seen the girl with the dragon tattoo first, so okay. in my head I'm picturing Rooney Mara, Mara yeah, and and, um, and and Daniel Craig throughout the the whole book.
0: Recurring appearance of Daniel Craig in this podcast, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? You talked about him in, in during in your knives, knives out up, conversation. Yeah. Hey, every, if there's a way, if there's a way to bring in Daniel Craig into every <laughs> into every podcast somehow,
0: that's actually <laughs> you what you I'm, that's actually that. what I'm looking for. This is just a Daniel Craig <laughs> fan cast
1: man i I didn't realize i i had like a celebrity crush on that dude he he is an awesome 007 and 007 is like another type of you know character profile that yeah you know the the stoic gentleman or yeah you know uh the guy who's impervious to emotions (laughs) right
0: but what i like about daniel craig's 007 is that at least he gets beat up right there were like i think um the one right before what's his name Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan's 007. Like, you wouldn't even mess up his hair. Or the older ones were always <laughs> right. cool, right? right? Daniel Craig gets beat up, he gets sweaty, his shirt rips or whatever. And I really, really like that about him.
1: Right. I think Casino Royale is actually top five, top ten movies of all time. And it's it's again, it's not breaking down um, how the movie was directed or breaking down. It's just he is... A, well, evergreen's gorgeous, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> but but Daniel Craig, his double his James Bond is is, is pretty awesome, and yeah. um, he, he's another one of those, you know. I guess as the movies break down his character, he also has like a like a um, troubled youth. Yeah, uh, you know, he he kind of grows up into this stoic person who uh, can move on from yeah. from love and from. <laughs> um you know torture or yeah or tragedy um th- those those characters they're captivating
0: I think. yeah and the cool thing about casino royale is that he defeats the bad guy by outsmarting him which is really right. cool like in a, in a card game which is unlike other movies with these types of heroes right or
1: maybe not right uh it's just you know incredible willpower incredible yeah. genius um yeah. you know and these characters with like a melting pot of, of awesomeness, you know, he's he's not young and he's like extremely fit. He has like a cool accent, not the Knives Out accent, (laughs) but he has, you know, his cool accent. I like, I like the
0: Knives Out accent more actually.
1: (laughs) Let's redo all of his 007 movies with his Knives Out
0: accent and see if it works out. That would be way better.
1: (laughs) But, you know, as a protagonist, he's just, he's just, um, he's just has a lot of cool, cool capabilities. He's, uh, a marksman he's a martial artist he yeah uh no he's somehow top 3 in the, in the world at playing poker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because right. the uh, you cuz MI6 of course evaluates that as well somehow yeah statistical
0: probability or whatever right he's a he's a good i i like how you mentioned that you had like a man crush on him because he is a i would say he's a good candidate for a man crush but mine is tom hardy the guy that plays bane or uh, right. Alfie Solomons in Peaky Blinders. That mm-hmm. dude, like every time he wears an outfit, I legit try to look for it online. <laughs> Cause I'm like, that dude looks so cool. I wanna look like that guy, but I can, I don't think I'll ever look that cool just because I'm not built that way and I'm not British. And, uh, but yeah, he, I think he's another dude that has, at least in his characters, he has that concept of like a broken background. Uh, but mm-hmm. he somehow shines through it through his grit and determination, and comes out being like a stoic good man without the need to be flashy. But everyone likes him or something, like that. right? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I guess I guess we need like a Hispanic
1: <laughs> Hispanic you know celebrity to somehow break through the ranks and and fit these this mold because we, we need I'm, a new. I'm never, gonna, I'm, I'm never gonna pull off a Daniel Craig. <laughs> You're never gonna pull off a Tom Hardy. <laughs> we need a new.
0: <laughs> A new Edward James almost for the new generation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. So is there anything else that you want to say about this book, The Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye, that you want to let the people know out there to look for it or to seek something out about it? Just any last thoughts about it?
1: I guess, you know, what's interesting is that uh, in, in most fiction, you're, you're, you're kind of pulled into... Different things that um, you're into. You know, I, I work with a lot of military, so they're actually into military fiction hmm. or um, science fiction, but that has like a strategy military presence in it. And right. um, what's interesting about these books is a huge part of of the background in the books is investigative journalism.
0: Right. That
1: that is n- not my interest. That <laughs> is. I am not interested in ever writing an essay or article again in my life, (laughs) but, but I guess, you know, I, I I would wonder what, what somebody who's into journalism, what, what their take would be on something like this. Um, Right. You know, I guess just the way scandalous reporting has become now, nowadays, it's so easy to just be the first to throw out a tweet. Maybe, maybe journalism is, is, is fading away. And I, I, I think in general the the newspaper or the the magazine industry is is taking a backseat, but uh, yeah. it's just interesting to to think about um, th- this kind of this this kind of journalism that highlights the background of. Uh, I mean the the novels the the collection of novels are called the Millennium Series, yeah. which is in reference to the Millennium. Um, newspaper that Mikhail Blumkovist, the one of the main characters works for so okay. it's just interesting to point out that you know maybe if if, if you're a journalism or an aspiring computer hacker <laughs> this might be a book for you but but this is my 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 attempt at a
0: at a at, to promote this book and i'm doing, <laughs> doing terrible <laughs> no it's good i Thanks for talking about it with me and hopefully people go out there and and read it or at least think about the books that they like and what they like it, about them. Yeah,
1: exactly. If not if not reading thrillers just hey, spend some time during during this quarantine um, during this season that could be a, a you know, pretty awful situation and just just read, you know. Yep. It's great advice and I'd be interested to check out the next podcast that somebody recommends a book. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, David. All right, Rod. Thanks for having me on.
0: The Last Best Thing is produced, recorded, and edited by me, Rodrigo Nunez. Special thanks once again to David for talking with me in this episode. You can find him on Twitter at Davey005. Do me a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts or podchaser.com and share it with a friend. Thanks and see you next time. This is the Irrelevant Podcast
1: Network. Thanks for listening.